Hey everybody, it's uh, Future Soup. Um, I left this little prelude in because I think it's extremely funny that it dates how long I've been sitting on this episode. Um, all right, enjoy. The time of recording. Okay. It's Chinese um, New Year. <laughs> oh, lovely. Happy Lunar New Year, everyone. Wow, happy year of the tiger. Year of the Torah. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. We should have done. We should have done a, a fun tiger themed episode. Watch like Torah uh, or something. We already did Torah Dora. We already did Torah Dora. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we should have watched like Fruits Basket or something. Oh, Talk that just about so Fruits cute. Basket. Maybe oh next year we'll do that for uh, for Lunar New Year. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, just, yeah. Uh, We'll watch uh, all of the the Fruits Basket because because yes. like we didn't we never actually finished watching it together. No, we got to cover it at some point. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast of the study of modern visual culture. I'm your reincarnated fantasy knockout, Soup. And I'm your overpowered no-homo, I mean, probably homo, bromo best friend, Renu. <laughs> this week, AT stands for Absolute Territory, because we'll be sampling the winter 2022 season. And just as a reminder for the new format, we will primarily be covering the stuff that we are not going to continue watching, um, because the stuff that we are watching, we'll just cover in the wrap-up. Uh, it took us like five years to realize that was probably the way to do it. But yeah, before we get into that, what have, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot in, um, since the last time that we spoke, uh, mostly just like getting my dog all taken care of. She had her first cycle, I guess. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, we're waiting for her to be full grown before we get her um, spayed and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, otherwise, like she kind of handled it herself, like really well. So we were like, all right, well, just have you hang out at home, you know, whatever. Oh <laughs> baby. But uh, she's finally, I think, finally like done, done, and so now she can go out and socialize to her puppy heart's content <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That's all we've been up to really in the past couple weeks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? I, <laughs> I went on a weekend trip. Um, yeah. Since since we last spoke, I mean, I, I say since we last spoke, we literally spoke like a week ago. Um, but uh, I went on a weekend trip, and it was um, I mean, it was fun. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mostly just spent the entire time working. Um, or at the very least trying to get work done. So, you know, like that's that's the thing about like freelancing and stuff is that um, all of the time that you're not doing the work, you're thinking about doing the work. Um, and also, you know, I have very severe ADHD. So the um, process of getting work done is very difficult. But I did get not as much work done as I wanted to, but more than I thought that I would, which is good. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm just like ridiculously busy, as I mentioned last time, just because um, mm-hmm. you know, we're I'm just like wrapping up all of the the stuff that I have to do, and uh, 
yeah, it's just really busy end end of uh, first month of the year. But yeah, I went on a weekend trip. Um, I uh, one night I uh, you know, got blasted off my ass, of course, as as you do on a weekend trip. Um, <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't remember the last time that I was drunk. It might have been might have been Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you did um, say that your tolerance went down. It was it was really really way down. Um which didn't stop me from drinking like a bottle and a half of soju which uh <laughs> is is not, was not I, I it wasn't great cuz like mm. even if you um especially I think once you hit like the kind of like midpoint of your 20s it's like um even if you wake up and you're not like uh, dying, you know, headache, uh, hungover. You're still just kind of just tired all day. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was at. Where um, I drank enough water that I like didn't, you know, wake up at any uh, at any point, uh, being like, "Oh God, my head hurts. I'm gonna die." Right? But I was just vaguely tired all day. I spent mm. a lot of that day of the next day sleeping. Um, and obviously, like part of it is like going from sea level to like six thousand feet up in altitude. Which um really doesn't help, um but yeah uh I'm my tolerance is very low right now for alcohol um <laughs> and uh I, I, yeah there was uh <laughs> I mean it was it was a fun trip um it was it was just my roommates basically um mm. so uh it was just this dynamic but up in the cabin um in the snow. Um, but we didn't have Philip with us, and um, that was that was kind of the other thing where it was just like the whole trip. We we're just like, I want to see Philip. Oh, <laughs> you guys missed him. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, so we got him on the on the way down and uh, picked him up from my parents' place. Uh, that's where we were were keeping him. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's he's safely home and he's sleeping. Uh, he's having a little nappy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He had a, a fun weekend getting spoiled by by uh by my parents. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. So my parents anyway. spoiled Clover when we had her over or when she Right, was over exactly, there and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a chestnut. <laughs> That's literally what my parents are like too. They're just like, You want some snackies? You want some snackies? <laughs> so cute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's mostly what I've been up to. Um I mean, like I said, we it's been, it has not been that long since we've uh Last recorded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you been playing um, uh, the new Pokemon game? I have not. Okay. I haven't either, but that's because I was away on the weekend trip. Um, I I think I'm going to be streaming the first playthrough of it um, at some point. But I'm uh, apparently it's a mainline game. They're considering it a mainline game, which is Whoa. actually super exciting. Um, that's huge. Yeah. It it is such a departure from the regular formula, which is very yeah. exciting. The last time we had a, a Pokemon game that kind of was like a new sort of thing that like shook things up, it was um, Gen Five, and um, it didn't sell well <laughs> yeah. for some reason. And uh-huh. um, then since th- since then, they've just been deathly afraid of like making um, right. any departure from the regular formula, yep, which yep, is kind of yep. just kind of sad. Um, I have to wonder why Gen 5 didn't sell well because, like, they made Gen 5 uh, and they were like, we have all these really cool things. And, like, holy shit, that game actually, like, if you go back to it now, absolutely still holds up. It probably is the best Pokemon game in the series. But, like, 
didn't sell well. They were like, well, shit, okay. Um, so they went back to the drawing board, and then they came up with Black and White 2. We were like, okay, here's Gen 5, but we fixed some stuff. Huh? <laughs> and it sold even worse. And I don't know what the problem was other than maybe just like the prime demographic of Pokemon just kind of aging out of, uh, of it the might have or been timing yeah because i anyone who's played gen 5 talks so favorably about it you know so yeah exactly right <laughs> it was like the last time when we had um the last uh, it was the last generation of uh the pixel sprites and right. they they mm-hmm. moved they animated them all they all had these like cool unique animations like mm-hmm. honestly it's um kind of sad cuz like uh Obviously, I get why they they moved to the 3D stuff. It's a lot easier, a lot more manageable, um, especially because you now have the hardware to to support it. But still, like, I watched um, I I was watching a playthrough of uh, Pokemon Coliseum the other day, and yeah. it really got me thinking because like um, that game, holy shit, <laughs> we need a new Pokemon Coliseum game. <laughs> I know. I th- it's so like it's such an iconic game now that it's just cemented itself in everyone's childhood that I wonder if they're afraid to touch it. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> Well, they got um well the thing is that Pokémon Coliseum and um uh Pokémon Coliseum 2 uh, XD Gale of Darkness. Yeah. Um they were made by a different studio, I'm pretty sure. They weren't made by oh. Game Freak in-house. Um Uh-huh. And um, it's it's kind of a shame. It's kind of a bummer because like that's kind of what I want like a, a mainline Pokemon console game to be like because um, mm-hmm. it was so like funky and weird and like it has so much character to it that like um, I would love to go back and and play through it um, if I had all the time in the world. Obviously, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe 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 something to look at when we um run out of Ace Attorney games to play. Maybe we can play Pokemon <laughs> Coliseum together. That'd be so cute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um anyway, shall we talk about uh the Z Winter twenty twenty two season? Heck yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into it. All right. First up is Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doobie slapping. It do be. <laughs> do be slapping. It is more Demon Slayer. It's just as good as ever. And I really like this arc for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. Uh, this has been airing for a little while now. It, I think I got a head start because it was literally right off the tail of um, the Infinity Train arc rather mm-hmm. than um, actually starting in line with the rest of the season. It kind of just, like, it, it, it has like a four episode or so head start. Yeah. So we're pretty far uh, into this, and it's mm-hmm. it's good. It is still mm-hmm. really good. Um, mm-hmm. And it uh, it features some uh, pretty pretty fun fights, I would say, um, yeah. especially the last couple episodes we've been watching. Um, mm-hmm. Fights are as uh, visually appealing as always, and um, there is some some delicious narrative meat that we're uh, gonna touch upon later. Yeah, it feels like it's really building up to something and i'm really excited about it <laughs> yeah yeah because um, yeah the fights so far have been really cool and uh uh i don't know i just the way that they've been using the characters is different compared to the the rest of the series so yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um I, I will say um 
there is a little bit of um and like in some places it's a little bit slow um just because it is so focused on the internal narration um mm-hmm. that it feels like you, you know how like like in shonen anime there's always the like um the people in the like stands that are just like oh he's using the hyper beam move attack <laughs> yes giga impact right um it's kind of like that except it's tanjo just being like i have to breathe <laughs> god <laughs> which um i think is is a, a sort of a natural consequence of um this being the weird transition point where um the main trio is like just getting strong enough to be able to fight the like upper moons but not quite strong enough that they can't do it without the the hashira's helping um mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that like uh bystander kind of like oh no what do we do um but i promise you there's a lot of very cool moments um and uh, I would say if you've been enjoying Demon Slayer up until now, you're you're absolutely in for a treat. Um, there's some really stellar moments too. Like I think they do the moments where um, Tanjiro is kind of like um, learning to um, uh, come into his own as like a swordsman and mm-hmm. um, finding the balance between when to use like um, the sort of like new fighting style that he has that uh, has like sort of been. Um, right. sleeper, sleeper agent selled into his brain um, <laughs> and the the one that he's been learning for uh, for a while and he realized like one is better for offense one is better for defense That's right cool. I do I do like that you get to uh, work through the strategy with him as he's trying to figure out okay which one is powerful when and when should I use it because this one they each have their own cost right um, so it's really interesting to to see him strategize which I like <laughs> Yeah. Before um, it's and, been like slashy slashy, got to do the move. <laughs> right, exactly. And and there's a lot of um really cool moments where um Tanjiro's family is like really uh taking the forefront and like grounding yeah. both Tanjiro and Nezuko. Yes. And it, like, is this really great moment where it kind of brings you back to the emotional core of the first season and like why all that stuff like really hits and like yes. I'm glad that they keep bringing it up uh up throughout cuz it it feels like it's not just like a throwaway thing. What I really love so far about what we've watched, um, I think the 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 biggest hitter emotional impact wise was um, them showing Nezuko's connection to her mom because yeah. you see everything through Tanjiro's point of view, but then the show reminds you um, Nezuko also lost her whole family too, aside from Tanjiro. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the thing, right? Is that because Nezuko, yeah. um, since becoming a demon, can't really speak anymore, um, right? A lot of the time, like, um, you kind of have to uh, take her through Tanjiro's point of view. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really get a lot of, of her perspective. Um, right. And I, I, think, I think you're right. I think it's a, it's a cool moment of interiority for a character that otherwise is just kind of, like, incidentally there sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, highly recommend if you guys enjoy Demon Slayer to, I mean, keep watching, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's Demon Slayer. It's UFO Table. Still fucking knocking it. Next is Sono Bisque Doll wa Koi wo Suru. I don't remember what the English name of this was, um, but this show is... Uh, I've read the manga for this, and it's a very cute. Um, the anime itself is well-directed, uh, and it uh, is, like... It's... 
it feels like like very standard anime fare, just executed like very very well. <laughs> My dress up darling is the English title. Oh, okay, that's what it. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, um, there's, it is, um, an etchy show, uh, in terms of, like, you know, there's just panty shots, and then there's, yeah, a little, know, little booba. There's, there's a waifu, you know, the, the anime waifu reminds the you yeah. how much they put into animating her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the story, so, I mean, we only watched, like, one episode. <laughs> right. But. The story so far is interesting because it's about cosplay, which I love, um, and I'm so excited to see an anime that's focused around it. Um, yeah, I having read the manga um, and having seen the first episode of the anime, I have uh, quite high hopes. Um, it is a very cute show about following your passions and not letting other people define you, and I think that's that's really cool. Like, um, so the uh, m- so the female lead of the show, uh, Marin Kitagawa, is like. Um, She's like this, like Gyaru kind of character. Like she's, uh, like you know, um, dressed up and uh, has like you know blonde hair, which is like a a specific kind of thing. Um, she feels like um, she's one of those like, you know, it's like the the kind of like um, high school like cheerleader sort of archetype, right? Um, the, like, right. Except like you know the Gyaru part is more of a like kind of delinquent like uh, sort of edge to it. But anyway. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to know that she's, like, really into cosplay and, like, video games and anime. And at this, at, like, on top of that, she's, like, uh, vehemently um, against people who look down on other people for uh, the things that they like, right? So, like, uh, so there's, like, a scene where uh, a guy is, like, trying to neg her a little bit. And she's just, like, fuck off and die. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's um I guess likable in that way of uh she will stand up very adamantly for her interests but also um the interests of the main character who most definitely would come off as weird to basically everyone else for the fact that he likes he's rather obsessed with traditional doll work. Yeah, yeah. Um and and to be fair, he gets a little bit weird about it, right? Like he he carries around like the the head of a doll that his grandfather <laughs> made, and is just like, he talks to it, <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, like no no shade or anything, you know, uh, follow your dreams and your passions, uh, and love things as unapologetically as possible. Cringe is just something we invented, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I like it, right? Because um, we have a very obvious and clear, like, line between the point at which he was just, like, um, traumatized by, like, a, a childhood, like, girl who was just like, ah, it's, it's gross that you like dolls. That's a girl thing. You're a boy, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, obviously there's kind of this, um, this element of, like, you know, uh, gender roles and, you know, uh, liking things that are not um, in line with what your gender presentation is supposed to be, right? Um, and then, like, getting to meet so- and, like, feeling, like, isolated because of that and, like, not even in the sense that um, other people are isolating you, but in that you feel like you have to isolate yourself because you're, you're an anomaly, right? And having, the, uh, having somebody else be able to, like, reach out to you and um, essentially, like, validate you and, and, and say, like, hey, it's actually really cool that you're, you're into something. Yeah, I think mm-hmm, that's really neat, mm-hmm. right? I think that, it's, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's a, it's especially nice for, I guess, the anime community because, you know, it's not... Anime isn't really, like, a normie thing, or at least it wasn't, you know, when we were growing <laughs> it up. It wasn't a while ago. It, it arguably might be now. It's a little bit more now. Like, I, I feel like a lot of, like, quote-unquote normie people have watched, like, One Punch Man or Naruto or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Enough there's to, definitely... To be- there's definitely like normie anime, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I and I don't mean that to be the person who's just like, mm, ah, if no, 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 actually, no. Um, uh, you're not a real anime fan if you've ever watched Neon no. Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> but it's like, that's not something that we could have said years back, right? That right, there's exactly. Like normie anime. Like, <laughs> The thing is that it was, it's one of those things that was, um, it was kind of low key, like latent for a while, but like has come back around because it, um, we've hit the nostalgia cycle where people are like, wait, I did watch Naruto when I was younger or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have a new generation that is like way, has way, way more ready access to, uh, anime Mm -hmm. in general. Right. Yep. Yep. The fact that it's on platforms like Netflix and Hulu um, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Means that more people will incidentally be exposed to anime. Cause like, I mean, like not to be a, not to be a boomer about it, but like back in my day, like, you know, you you watch anime in three parts on YouTube or you had to go to some like shady (laughs) other website that hosts like four shows and only four shows. And you're like, I just want to watch Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, right? Like, <laughs> listen, well, if you go, yeah. if you yeah. go out there and you're just like, "Hey, have you heard? Have you ever heard of Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei?" People are gonna look at you like you're <laughs> just out there, like you're a weirdo. <laughs> the but only think- anime you really would be able to watch was the couple of hours that they would show, like on Cartoon Network or mm-hmm. like on Adult Swim late at night. <laughs> But like nowadays, you can go anywhere and just be like, "Hey, you seen Naruto or like um or whatever, right?" And somebody's like, "Oh, I've seen like Attack on Titan, right?" Right. Like, I, I, that's right. a pretty. That's mm-hmm. a pretty like popular one for people to have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um. So, <laughs> but yeah, you're totally right about that. Totally right about that. It's a uh, really kind of come around. <laughs> so far, the show it seems um like a like a nice watch if the I, any of that sounds like it might interest you um i definitely recommend checking out at least the first episode because it is really well animated it's a well done anime so far so <laughs> all right next is uh princess connect redive season two which we will absolutely 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 be uh continue watching um you heard how much we liked uh season one and season two is shaping up to be even better um i think um so I, uh, yeah, it's directed by Takaomi Kanasaki, who is the same director who did uh, both seasons of Konosuba, um, mm. and that really shows in this season specifically. Mm-hmm. Like in season, yeah. in season one, <laughs> you definitely got a little bit of it, but in season two, they're really mm-hmm. playing with the the physicality of the animation um, yes. in the same way that season two of Konosuba looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say it works extremely well. Um, I like that they're really leaning into the like. Um, comedy fantasy uh feel because you know it's inherently a little funny but uh it has the exact same kind of humor that konosuba does except it's about not terrible people um and that might actually (laughs) that might actually like be more um engaging for certain people and i would say like it is no less funny for for being about like decent people right yeah so it doesn't forget the fact that it's a very wholesome and sweet and calm anime about 
like a gill that likes food. Um, but it does um, have really entertaining moments. And I feel like, you know, if you've watched season one, then entering season two, you know that the characters have kind of solidified themselves. They've hit their stride. So storytelling wise, it's just like a nice little adventure because you know these characters now. Um, and so now you just get to yeah. see what they're up to. <laughs> also, like... um there is a little bit uh this this like kind of undercurrent of like the sort of um harder emotional stuff that really drives home um a lot of the motivations for the characters and it works in a way that is like really impressive to me because you're melding stuff that's normally very serious with stuff that's like really kind of comical and funny and over the top mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. season two is even funnier than season one mm-hmm. and also feels like it has more like kind of like of that emotional meat to it yeah like, you know mm-hmm. the season at the end of season one we discover that um you know that pecorine is the um the princess of the kingdom um and and uh there's still this tension with um with carol and um the person that she's like working for right um and we're still not really sure all, what all of the sort of stuff is about, but um, it se- it feels like it's developing into something. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And it is a really clear sort of um, thing for the characters to like be moving about uh, in the framework of. And um, it feels like a character-driven show while at the same time being this kind of like adventure gag comedy um, in a fantasy yeah. world. It's mm-hmm. really cute, right? It's so like, cute. It's extremely endearing, extremely funny, extremely mm-hmm. cute. Um, all the characters are 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 lovely and wonderful. Um, the first season, like or the first episode, like we were just like already like it was it was so good. <laughs> like the first episode too, like really hits you with all of all of the things because it has all of the like very funny visual gags. Um, and like um, Carol just kind of like not having it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she's definitely and, the straight man of the group usually <laughs> yeah yeah and then like um the uh and then you have the kind of like emotional like gut punch at the end of like the the uh old uh you know um sensei adventurer who's just like <laughs> come with me children i'll 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 teach you how to how to survive in these parts uh and it turns mm-hmm. out he's he's a ghost and you know, all uh, he he was trying to um, get them to essentially get his party to move on, and you know, so like it, it actually a lot. It works really well. It obviously looks just stellar. It looks so mm-hmm. so so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect a lot of the same animators who worked on Konosuba worked on this, um, mm. but it's under the uh, under Psy Games's anime studio, so you know it's hard to say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you know, given that we are looking at the um, the director of Konosuba, it kind of makes sense probably that a lot of the animators would follow. But yeah, um, Princess Connect Redive season two. If you've seen season one and you liked it, uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If you've never seen uh, Princess Connect, I would highly recommend watching both seasons, um, starting with season one and then going into the you know new season that's airing. Because I love this show. It's so cute. It's so good. It gives me the the feelies. Uh, Really takes the edge off of mortal existence. <laughs> Is that not the it's greatest compliment like you can give to a show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a thing. Is um, I feel like that's what a lot of modern sort of fantasy is um is really missing, because somewhere along the way, in the kind of like isekai uh, boom, we sort of missed the part where it was popular because it was escapism. 
and mm-hmm. moved more into it's popular because it's power fantasy, which is just like right, right, yeah, which is so funny and bizarre to me, but also right. makes sense because you know, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> like to me, the essence of a good sort of fantasy story is always going to be about um about the characters and the dynamic that they have as a party, and I think that's what um shows like Princess Connect and Konosuba do remarkably well in a way that other shows um don't which is funny Mm -hmm. because um like konosuba is an isekai but it like foregoes i mean it's it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek parody of isekai in in a way right yeah it's Mm -hmm. like instead of like being an overpowered person it's about um a guy who um like basically doesn't have anything except for um like a goddess that he vindictively brought with him right so (laughs) Yeah. Um Yeah, it's good fantasy. Like I that, that's that's the thing that is is great to me about Princess Connect, especially give, going into season 2. Um because uh season 2 really gives you the taste of like these like fantastical like landscapes and cool things that, you know, would never otherwise exist. Like um the first episode takes place in a coral reef that is above the water and um there's just fish like swimming around in the air. It's really cool. Very delightful. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of uh, fantasy, let's talk about Sabakui Bisco. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to start with this show because it's a I don't, lot. It, it's a whole lot. And we've only watched one episode. Um, so a ton of the first episode is focused on world building. And there mm-hmm. is a lot of world to build because so they go much. in depth with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I will say it's very interesting because of how much how deeply they go into it and it's very different from i guess yeah, other shows yeah. that we've it watching feels, this season <laughs> it feels a lot like a shonen jump one shot <laughs> is is how i would put it like there's a certain era of shonen jump one shots that really feel like this where they're trying to pack a shit ton of world building into like 60 pages basically mm-hmm. um and it is very interesting i would definitely watch more of this um the basic premise is that uh, Japan, modern day Japan, has uh, the world has sort of ended in Japan um, and probably elsewhere. It's hard to say with these things, right? <laughs> like that's that's the thing, right? Is that um, somebody once made a joke where they were just like, you know, we've never actually seen what the rest of the world looks like in Mad Max. It could just be that Australia is like this and everywhere else is fine. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so uh, the the world has ended ostensibly, and um, Japan has turned into this vast desert, and um, everything is rusting, and people are rusting. They are prone to a rusting disease um, that they think is being caused by mushrooms. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> so they make mushrooms illegal, and they make anybody who carries mushrooms in their body uh, which are they're called like wardens or something. They have a special name for them or something. Um, they call them terrorists, so they become mushroom terrorists. Um, <laughs> and then there's like a defense force that like fights the mushrooms, I guess. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. There's a giant crab. Uh, <laughs> the show is super weird. Um, but it presents an intriguing and interesting world to us. It um has a lot of the character of um, a show like Cowboy Bebop in terms of, like, the kind of dystopic world that it um, presents to you, which is obviously very interesting. Like, you're 
getting to look at you know um a world that has uh fallen to ruin and like yet uh there's still social structures in place and people are still abiding by those rules and you know there's obviously like the area that we see the main characters in where like everyone's poor and shit right and then there's the yeah. probably presumably like a higher um right. wealthy area for people to live in right 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 it, the... it, it... <laughs> yeah go on it feels like Despite how bizarre everything we just said is, um, that the storytelling is actually it feels very grounded, and mm -hmm. so even yeah, though yeah. it's it it sounds like you know wacky hijinks show, it's a very serious show, and it yeah, but it yeah. plays itself well. It doesn't take itself at least so far. I don't think too seriously. Right? There's a freaking giant crab, mm -hmm. but <laughs> um, and I think that's why it's interesting and it feels like it could be really well done um depending on where they go with the story <laughs> i have no idea yeah, where they're going <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the thing right is that um it's so hard to say from just the first episode because yeah. the first episode feels entirely like world building um yeah like we have some establishing characters like um uh, uh the the sort of like character named bisco who is like uh a um mushroom guy um and um he's just like no the mushrooms are the key uh and then there's like a a very like sort of um uh twink doctor uh in in the way that like nagisa from assassination classroom is a twink where they're just like you're so pretty you could be a girl right that kind of um that kind of character um then he's a doctor and he's got like a a thing on his face like a birthmark that makes him look like a panda um and he's trying to fix the rusting disease by researching mushrooms so that he can um cure the rusting off of his sister who's like the head of the uh the defense corps or whatever right um mm -hmm. so obviously we have like the major players kind of set into place we just don't really know what's gonna happen um and it feels like uh it feels like the second episode is probably gonna get more into like how those pieces move and is gonna give us a better idea i would say if you're curious about this show, I would give it two episodes, um, not just one, um, like two or three, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. it is interesting, and we're definitely going to watch at least a couple more episodes to figure it out. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm interested in seeing more just to get a read on the show. <laughs> okay, okay, let's talk about Koroshi Ai. <laughs> um, okay, I'm upset. Okay. On the because... front of uh, of storytelling that isn't quite as grounded and definitely takes <laughs> itself a lot more seriously, but also, I don't know, it, it plays a weird balance, and I don't think it's very <laughs> balanced in that respect, even though they try to. <laughs> this show is so weird. It is. Um, it... <laughs> so, well, we'll tell you the, the premise first, all right? It's basically... On the uh, if you were to watch the trailer, you would think, oh, maybe it's like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of deal where it's like two spies that are at each other's throats, but really they're going to fall in love, right? Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> and this is the reason why we watch the show, the female lead, her <laughs> name, you will, you will never guess in your entire life what her <laughs> name is unless you've actually read the synopsis, is Chateau Dankworth. <laughs> Chateau Dankworth! And the show actually, at the end of the first episode, starts to get into why she might 
call herself that. Like she, <laughs> she named herself. <laughs> 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 and then the male lead is like, he reminds me of like he's like kind of like a wannabe of the character from Full Metal Alchemist, you know. <laughs> Which one? There's so many. Are are you talking about Kimberly? No, I maybe like of Ling or Oh you know? of Ling? Yeah. Or like right? like, like Greeling. Yeah, yeah. Um like a wannabe like discount bargain bin version, right? No, I, I completely I uh, know so so yeah, yeah absolutely one hundred percent. He has um the energy of um any of those characters in anime who always keep their eyes closed, like the fucking yes. silver-haired guy from Bleach or whatever. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, he has that kind of energy where, um, you know, you can tell he's obviously, like, really s- strong and powerful. Um, but, like, the only thing he wants to do in this show is, uh, like, you know, get together with this other uh assassin named chateau dank with or whatever right um but it's not portrayed well it's not compelling like, whatsoever so, <laughs> so the problem the problem is that um one the pro- okay the first problem is that neither of the characters have any character to them aside from like the very one-dimensional it's funny because like um the the male lead i don't even remember his name <laughs> um, it's like Songrya or something. Yeah, Song um, Song Yang Ha. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, right. So, um, he ha- he is like one dimensional, but Chateau Dankworth is like zero dimensional because like <laughs> <laughs> she's like she kind of looks like Saber from Fate, yeah, and acts like if Saber from Fate had a baby with um uh Violet Ever Ever whatever Evergarden, Evergarden. uh huh, um. And had the most like stoic child of all time, and I assume that the arc of the show is supposed to be that he, um, through his romantic advances and um, and stuff, <laughs> brings out more of the the person in her. But it like just doesn't it doesn't work well because they like they don't actually put any effort into making either of them um, or the things that they're doing endearing in any way whatsoever. So as a result, the male lead basically becomes a sex pest and the female lead becomes like, <laughs> a, like a, like a tube, like a hollow tube, like a lamp. What? 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 <laughs> what do you mean? Like she's, I I like I mean that in the, in the fact that she's just such a nothing character. She's that, like, like a prop, right? Like, literally, like um um like a, a tube. <laughs> just just become like a yeah, like yeah, a tube, like like something that's like very thin and hollow something inside. Hollow. <laughs> Doesn't take up much room. Like so so as a result, now you have like this like weird anime where you're watching like a a guy. Who is like a sex pest trying to sleep with a a lamp, <laughs> and it's so bad. It it is so grating to watch this show yeah. because it doesn't give you anything to work with. Like, here's the thing: if you sold the premise to me and just the premise, I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds great!" Like two assassins, like mm-hmm. um. Uh, like getting into a relationship and like kind of like navigating that, like maybe one of them will bring out the humanity, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. 
this is not how I would do it. It's not at all done well. <laughs> it's just I annoying. Was to, I was willing to give this show so much grace, and it just never did anything with any of it. You I was so betrayed. You, you could tell exactly what they wanted, right? They wanted a charming male lead, and then, of course, the female lead, like you said, to slowly get in touch with her emotions and mm-hmm. fall in love with him. Yeah. And, it, and they... It's so bad. It so poorly. <laughs> there, okay, here's the thing: is there are ways to make this setting work um, in a way where it doesn't just make him seem like a sex pest, right? Like, <laughs> the problem here is that you basically have um, a character who is meant to be um, a character that is like drawing out the emotions of of the other party and like you know um, actually like romantically longing and like. Um, that's supposed to be the drama of just like, you know, like, I I want to be with you, but you're not accepting anyone in your heart. You won't open your heart to anyone, right? That kind of stuff. Um, and don't get me wrong. I kind of like like that setup as like a shoujo sort of setup. Um, sure, yeah. It's it, just... It, doesn't... I don't think that there's any chemistry between them because... No, there's not. You, they keep it a mystery kind of as to why he might be interested in her, right? And but the problem with that is that then you wonder, okay, then why is he trying so hard? Does he ulterior motives and all that? And but then also just their basic interaction is just him like smashing his face against a brick wall kind of thing. And it's not really it's not comedic enough to be actually funny and and entertaining to watch. (laughs) And you don't know why she's. I mean, apparently he's like her target or something like that. So that might be why she's kind of interested in him, mm-hmm. but only in a professional sense, right? So the, their entire interaction and relationship is just awkward and unenjoyable to watch. It's not yeah. even funny awkward. It's just it plays itself There's... too seriously awkward. You're completely right about it. It plays itself way too seriously for having no real characters or characterization yeah. or chemistry between the, the two leads. Like, it could at least be funny, and it isn't. Yeah, it, it, right, it could have at least been funny. <laughs> like, if you want, if you want, okay, here's my recommendation, is if you mm-hmm. want a um, a series that is about um, a, uh, basically about a boy who is in love with a girl who is, like, very stoic. Like, uh, one one is, like, you know, very uh, proficient and, and good and whatever, and very uh, and the other one is very stoic and doesn't really get emotions. Just read um, uh, Shinobu Amano's uh, manga Last Game. I love Last Game. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get an idea of how, like, any... Like, even in the same, like, sort of, like, area, like the ballpark, right? Mm-hmm of how you might take a dynamic like this and make it work. And, like, there's so many examples of, like, there's so series where this dynamic does yeah. work, and it just yeah. doesn't in this, right? It, it just feels, like, needlessly badgering and, like, stocky and, like, overstepping his boundaries <laughs> I mean, constantly, right? Even one of the influences that you listed as, you know, Violet Evergarden has an example where she's very stoic and not in touch with her emotions, but then... Through her connections with not a romantic interest necessarily, but like the people around her, she starts to slowly get in touch with that. And that's the emotional core of the show. And it works. And then this, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really just, it, ah, oof. Big, big oof. Because like, 
<laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love a show about um about a person who it feels like they are a um essentially like I love the the trope of somebody who feels like they're nothing but a weapon opening up to mm-hmm. their emotions and like becoming mm-hmm. a person again. Right, Great. right. Love it. Love it. Love it. This is not how you do it. <laughs> this is so bad. You can't just have a you can't just have a guy like pestering and stalking and just like generally being annoying to someone and have that be like the like okay like that's that's it that's the romantic interaction like that must be romance no it's not (laughs) and like there's so much other weird stuff about this show like there's a character who is like clearly a foreign character because they 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 speak in that like really bad broken japanese where it's it's clearly someone in like uh who is japanese just like saying one word (laughs) after another in a very stilted fashion and for some reason that character does not have a mouth oh my god and it's never explained why (laughs) i forgot about this Yeah, You're this right. is this is terrible. Like, I think okay, I think one of the problems here is that we're getting this story from the uh from Chateau Dankworth's perspective. And that is, in my opinion, absolutely not the way to do it. I don't like obviously, um I kind of get why because they uh are going for this like kind of long slow burn where it's like, ah, I'm getting I'm learn I'm uh like reliving my memories and uh, mm-hmm. sorting through my trauma and all that but like mm-hmm. i i just don't think it i just don't think it works because like we get um you know we get the male lead filtered through her perspective in many ways um even yeah. though it's not exactly correct but like you know um he's just a pest he's annoying yeah he's there's just no, annoying <laughs> there's nothing endearing about this character which is why it's so hard to get into the show because if it was a um and they're trying so hard to keep the mystery like you're completely right that they're trying yeah. to keep the mystery so much yes. that they don't give us anything to work with right like right. If this was from his perspective and we knew why he was in love with her from the very start and why he you know wants to get into a relationship with her and like the stuff that he does uh in attempting to do that we might be more sympathetic but because we're getting it from from the other perspective he's just annoying and i hate him <laughs> I need him to to not exist. <laughs> well, you and know, like, it helps oh, us uh, sympathize with the main female lead. You know, she thinks he's annoying. We think he's annoying. <laughs> oh, God. And she's such a nothing, too. Yeah. It's just not good. Anyway, um, don't watch this show. This show is bad. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> Okay, um, let's talk about, uh, oh, let's not talk about Girls Frontline, because I said I was going to watch it, and I didn't, <laughs> because I forgot. It's okay. Oh, well. <laughs> it's a mobile game adaptation, so, you know, <laughs> your, your mileage is going to vary. Um, right. Not every show can be Princess Connect Redive, you know? Mm-hmm. Most most uh, mobile game adaptations are Grand Blue Fantasy, and uh, oof. <laughs> yeah, Princess okay. Connect Redive is the the exception rather than the rule, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, absolutely. Um, which is so funny because Psy Games actually has a really good track record 
in terms of mobile game adaptations, except for Grand Blue Fantasy for some reason, which is mm-hmm. so bizarre to me. Because mm-hmm. like Princess Connect, really good. Rage of Bahamut, really good. Uh, Rage of Bahamut season two, really good up until the last episode. Um, Uma Musume, I hear that was pretty good. I don't really care about the horses, but I, I, I mean, if if that's your no. cup of tea, then uh, I hear it was pretty okay. Um, yeah, the the animation yeah. was infuriatingly good. That's all I remember from the first episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like on on one hand, animation good. On the other hand, I'm not sure I want to watch a girls run around like horses. That seems yeah, exactly. Little, <laughs> it seems just a little weird to me in a way that I don't really want to unpack. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Tokyo 24th Ward, which was also bad, but for different reasons <laughs> than Kodoshi Ai, but also for very similar reasons, because Kodoshi Ai also just doesn't look very good. Um, right. The animation is just very lackluster in general. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Tokyo 24th Ward actually looks pretty decent, but is very bad in general. Wasn't this a doubleheader? This was a doubleheader, and oh I was so upset God. that it was a doubleheader, because one... Uh, as with a lot of doubleheaders, I'm not going to lie to you, most doubleheaders do not need to be doubleheaders. Um, mm-hmm. This one absolutely, absolutely proves that. Um, mm-hmm. And two, I was going to do something after watching that anime, and it delayed that thing by 24 minutes for no reason. <laughs> we should have stopped. <laughs> oh, we really should. I wanted to know what happened, but oh my god. I didn't really want to know what happened, actually. Um, but uh, I just... I wanted to know why they wanted me to sit there for 48 minutes. And the answer was for no reason. And yeah. that is kind yep. of upsetting. Yeah. Um, this show is about a, uh, a special ward in Tokyo. Uh, I remember why we, why we picked this up. Um, it was about a special ward in Tokyo that um, only recently uh, was, is getting reintegrated back into Tokyo. Um, Following, you know, uh, uh, like years of uh, World War II uh, negotiations and and whatnot, right? Um, And that is a very fascinating um, setup, especially for a Japanese anime, because there's a lot of uh, feelings to unpack there about, um, you know, sovereignty and what it means to um, have a piece of you... Uh, a piece of your country kind of like broken off and um, essentially governed by a different body. And there's a lot of conversations we can have about that um, in the real world regarding um, places, especially uh, places that um, are covered under the like one China policy, like Taiwan, right? Taiwan and Hong Kong specifically are very uh, hot political topics. I, yeah, I should say, like uh, right? we'll we'll gladly have that conversation with you, but this anime won't. This anime was <laughs> not about that true. at all, and at I don't all. understand why. <laughs> like, okay, so here's here's the thing: this anime is about superheroes, sort of. Um, the main character wants to be a superhero, <laughs> and um, I guess is sort of on the way there because he can just scale buildings, like. Mm. <laughs> With no prompting, he just scales a building, and you're like, "Wait, what the fuck just happened?" Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, um, that dream never comes true, uh, sort of, because uh, when he uh, like a, like two years ago, 
an elementary school caught on fire and um, he went in to save some people. There's an extremely funny sequence where he headbutts both his friends, but for some reason they animated the um, okay, they animated this scene where he headbutts his friends. Yeah, exactly. You remember (laughs) which scene it is. They animated it with like they gave it more frames like they animated it on more frames, but for some reason they didn't like actually play it back properly or maybe they just like decided not to or whatever but as a result what happens is he just headbutts his both of his friends extremely fast and extremely smoothly but like improperly right it doesn't yeah it's like like they sped up the footage exactly it feels like they sped up the footage like instead of um animating on more frames it feels like they just squished all the frames together so that it would feel smoother right right and it speeds up all of the action so he literally just go whoop bop whoop bop and it I'm not look gonna natural lie to you. at all. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. It doesn't look natural. It's extreme. It looks like it's sped up footage. It's not, by the way. Um, it's just, that's just how the episode plays. It was by far the highlight of the of the watching it experience. It was so funny. It was so and funny. It's at we the watched very it like four times. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> um, don't do that if you're animating. <laughs> don't do that unless that is your explicit purpose. Uh, your explicit purpose is to make people laugh because do you know what it actually okay. I know why it's so funny. It feels like an abridged series animation. Uh, mm. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, when, when they yeah. have, like, just an animation where they're just, like, yeah. they speed up the footage for comedic yes. effect. It feels yes. like that, but they played it completely straight. They're like, yes. this is a, a, a serious moment where he's defying, like, he's um um defying his friends to, like, yeah. go save people, right? But it's just, it's, like, the visuals of it don't <laughs> line up with the tone, and it's too funny. It, like, the comedic timing is too good. He just, like... Because it's not like he just headbutts his friends. There's a solid like two or three seconds where he just stands there looking at his friends. Like the frames don't move at all. And then he goes, whoopah, whoopah. Yeah. And that was after he scaled like this little short area to like <laughs> oh, dunk himself in, in water. Pool, yeah. And then he jumped back out of the water. He climbs down and then he walks over, stands in front of his fans and stares at them and then headbutts them in fast forward motion oh and then God. runs into the fiery building. <laughs> okay. If for no other reason than to watch that, I, I recommend you watch this, but only up until that point. After that, nothing matters. Um, after mm-hmm. that, he runs in to save the people in the mm-hmm. building. Um, he saves his little sister or whatever, but uh, his friend uh, who saved her, his little sister dies, um, and they have a funeral like two years later. And and then after the funeral, um, all like his trio of friends, you know, they've been broken up for like two years or whatever. Um, They've all gone to do their things. Um, they all get a call simultaneously from uh, the number of the 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 dead friend who's just like become superheroes and then they um <laughs> i guess get genetically modified through a really like disturbingly realistic like crawling into the ear sequence i didn't like oh, it at geez, all don't remind me of that <laughs> it was really distressing i didn't like it um no, but then they get out. like then they get like superpowers i i guess yeah, yeah. like he can yeah. he can move uh, he can move his body better and mm-hmm. one of them becomes like a giga hacker, and then the mm-hmm. other one—I um, don't even remember what he's there for. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I like legit don't remember. His father is important. Is he's is right, an his important dad politician? Is important. <laughs> like, um, and then they they go save uh, their other friend from getting hit by a train, 
because her foot is stuck under the tracks while she was trying to get her stupid dog. Oh my god! Okay, can we but talk like, about this? Her foot, her foot isn't even like that stuck because okay. he like fucking wrenches her out in a way that like would have broken her leg, but she's fine. Yeah. So okay. So like, the setup is that she. I don't remember how she like meets this puppy, but basically she meets this puppy. She's trying to take care of it. It it gets loose when she drops the carrier because I guess she didn't secure the carrier very well, first of all. And so the puppy runs off. She chases after it. It runs into the train tracks. It gets stuck. She's like, oh my gosh, I gotta save the puppy. She gets stuck while trying to save the puppy. And... You don't know how because you don't even see the animation for her foot getting stuck, but it gets stuck on the track somehow, right? And so mm-hmm. then she's stuck there while this train is starting to race toward her, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, puppy, you gotta save yourself!" And then the puppy is like, "No, I'm gonna stay with you," but it's barking at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, I guess this is the end for both of us. We're gonna, we're die. gonna die." In front of a train, but then this dude shows up, and during this whole event, right, they have to, uh, they're, they're trying to convince the people in charge, right, to either, they, they basically come to, to a choice of either sacrificing the people on the train or sacrificing this dumb girl and her dog on the tracks by, uh, I think they literally bring up the trolley problem. Yes, they like, actually do. <laughs> but it's extremely funny because it it is like, all right, will you let your close friend and her dog die, or will you let hundreds of people perish on a train? And so dude is just like, I'm gonna save her. Oh and so he runs in with the help of his hacker friend, and then his his green haired friend is trying to buy time, I guess. Um, and so. He straight up, like you said, yanks her out of the track somehow. Again, they don't show the animation for how he gets her foot uh-huh. unstuck. He just pulls her out. And it's like, why couldn't you do that yourself? Why <laughs> couldn't you have done that at, at any earlier point? Uh, it was so <laughs> awful. It was so awful, right? Because, like, literally, it's just like gravel. She's just stuck in some, like, rocks. And, like, you're like, how are you even stuck under here? And then he comes and, like, pulls her out. And then that's just it. Like, she's not injured or anything. No. Yeah, she's completely fine. The dog is fine. You think that wrenching someone out with that force would at least, like, I don't know, give you, like, a scratch? But no. No. Right. You would have thought that he would have had to somehow pull up the track or something and put it back down so that the train can cross safely or something. Something. They could have set up so many stakes that were worthwhile, but this is what they went with. (laughs) I I don't understand this anime at all because like they give you this fascinating like um alt history perspective um yes uh, setting mm-hmm. and then they don't do anything with it and in a way that's bizarre right cuz like okay so like I <sighs> This is so but frustrating they named, to me. They named the show after it. They named the show <laughs> after the war and I'm sure that there's Probably some, like, development about the ward and, like, its uh-huh. place in the, the political sphere, right? Uh-huh. That must be why they become superheroes or whatever, right? They're supposed to, like, <laughs> save that. But, like, it's weird. It's This is a weird thing to me. Like, imagine if you were just, like, um, okay. So, uh, here is, uh, here is my show. It's about, uh, an alternate history. 
in which um, the uh, Louisiana Purchase never happened. So <laughs> that uh, this part of the United States is um, has continued to be owned by the French. And mm-hmm. uh, you know what we're going to do with it, with this setting? We're going to give you a Marvel movie. And it's like, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Excuse me? Why would you even go through the trouble of setting that up if this is all you were going to give me? Uh, it's a, it's like the like bottom of the barrel, like not even was, as good enough to be a Marvel movie. Marvel, it was so, movie. It was it's so this, this bad. So bad, like, and it's so boring. It's How so, is it also so boring? Like <laughs> nothing happens in this show, and there's a lot of nothing happening. And even when stuff is happening, they drag it out so long that it becomes nothing oh, actually happening. And gosh. it goes yeah. on for forty eight minutes for no reason. Because they could have easily fit this in 24, uh, 24 minutes. In fact, 24 minutes might have been too long for everything that happened in <laughs> yeah, those 48 minutes. True. They had a freaking... I remember one specific scene was them talking over food. And they're, having, like, they're trying to have this cute bonding moment with the, with the girl, the female lead. And it takes so long. And they talk so much during this meal. But nothing happens, and they're trying to win you over, being like, "Ooh, look, we have characters that have characterization," but mm-mm, it's so mm-mm, mm-mm. shallow, and just th- there's no actual content there. And you feel like you can you can see the writers taking you by the shoulders and trying to tell you, "Hey, feel something for our characters. Please like them." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the- <laughs> this show tries extremely hard to be anything. Mm-hmm. And everything, and as a result, it becomes nothing. <laughs> it it was yeah. so hard to find anything likable about this show, and yeah. like even to the point where it was hard to find things that were like objectively bad. Either it's just so bland. Yeah, if it was at least a little worse, it could be funny to watch or fun to watch with your friends. True. Or whatever. Yes, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's just it's a not. nothing show. This show yeah. is about nothing. And it's like, <laughs> it's, why? It's, you could tell so many resources were put into this show because it's really well animated. but And it's also an anime original. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't do anything with any of the things that they built up. <laughs> uh, and uh, I would say probably the most interesting setup that they have is the fact that it's their dead friend. On yeah, that yeah. that gave them the powers somehow. You don't know they. That's the mystery right behind the show, and that's it. I don't yeah. care about any of these characters. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing is uh, they just they. Uh, I don't know. It. I don't know what was. I know. I have no idea what was going on. Like the thing is that this show isn't even like terrible, and that's like no, and that's like kind of a detriment to the show. Because, yeah. like, the animation is, like, fine for the most part. Like, it doesn't look too bad. Um, uh, there's some moments that are a little wonky, but otherwise, like, it's perfectly right. serviceable. But Right. Like, Aside from the fast-forward moments, it looks good. Like, But, like, the, <laughs> the content within is just so nothing. Yeah. I just don't... I just don't get it. I, I don't get this I show. don't either. And, like, I don't want to put more time into trying to understand it by watching more because like i'm 
I'm upset. I'm upset because the the premise of the show made it seem like it was going to be anything but this. <laughs> I think even if they didn't, I mean, first of all, they could have set based on the first episode, the the first doubleheader. Um, they could have taken these characters and this premise and put it in a completely different location, and it would have been the same thing, right? And that's yeah. what's so infuriating about them naming it after this very specific thing, right? This very specific location, and then. Second of all, I kind of understand what they're trying to go do, which is to build up this like this superhero trio that you become attached to because you might think that their dynamic is interesting. Um and it just doesn't ever reach that potential at all. No, no it doesn't. It it, it it's it doesn't go anywhere. It feels like I'm at the exact same place at the end of the first episode that I was at the first where I was just at the I was just like yeah. Ah, <sighs> <laughs> uh, pain. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. let's talk about uh, Fantasy Bishoujo Juniko Ojisanto. Um, I don't remember the English name for this either. I probably should have written it down. Um, it's like something about like being reincarnated as the uh, with with a fantasy knockout oh. something something yeah. something. Um, this show is an isekai show about. A um, it's it's funny because they say middle age, but he's only like thirty. They're only in their like early thirties. I wouldn't even say that's middle age. <laughs> but what, whatever, Japan, right? Um, it's about two guys in their early thirties, and um, they get isekai'd. Except one of them gets turned into a girl because he was you know drunkenly blabbering. He's like, I w- I, w- I want a girlfriend, etc. Right? Um, mm-hmm. and then his friend is exactly the same. Um, but stronger with strong stats but uh he gets turned into a girl and um let me tell you that um this show could have been so any number of of things about this show could have been like awful right it could have um, gone wrong so easily <laughs> this show could have been so bad it could have been so like homophobic it could have been so uh-huh. transphobic like uh-huh. there's so many levels to this that it doesn't do because it's good. It actually. actually, so far, has handled all of these factors in a very tasteful way, in a very entertaining, like, in terms of, like, show content, it's a very entertaining show. It's not, like, uh, at least to me so far, it hasn't felt offensive or, like, mean-spirited in any way. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. just a very humorous story about these two friends who got isekai and maybe they're falling in love. <laughs> so so this is the thing, right? Is that like um it could have so easily been a very like um offensive like punch down yes. kind of show yes. about like mm-hmm. oh gross, no homo, bro. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Because of the way that the actual framework of the show um frames their relationship mm-hmm. and um continues to frame their relationship, mm-hmm. it actually completely avoids all of those things because like it com- it starts out and they're just like this is about two old dudes that fall in love <laughs> and you're like and okay their childhood best okay. friends okay and you learn their childhood best friends and you're like yes okay mm-hmm. right and they've had like connections and moments before all of this happened right Correct. they've, they've yep. had 
bonding moments, and one of the characters has traditionally never been interested yep, in women, yep, even yep. though he's the the quote unquote chick magnet, right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> he's never uh, he's he's never been interested in women. He's never been in a relationship. The only thing he wants to do is just be with his best bro, smiling. Yes, face. yes, so, yes. Like I am not. I, I like I, <laughs> my hopes were not like amazingly high for this show. But mm-hmm. it, it just, like, really impressed me with how actually, like, decently funny it was and how not yes. mean-spirited it was and yes. how, like, it actually plays it in a way where it's just, like, um, it's not even, like, just, like, kind of queer-baiting in, in that kind of way where it's, like, um, oh, will they, won't they? The narration is literally just, like, yeah, bro, they're, they're in love, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, like... And, and the thing is that, like, you know, obviously their um, their initial reactions to it are just like, oh, shock. Like, oh, no. Right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't fall in love with my best friend. Or can mm-hmm. I? <laughs> like, like, when, like, when they actually kind of think about it, right? Like, um, uh, the main character is uh, conflicted about his new body. And um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot to unpack there that I'm not going to touch on now. Because I think it would make really good, um, a really good conversation for the the wrap up. Um, but mm-hmm. Japan, um, suffice to say, um, for now, Japan and uh, like body, uh, sex transformation is a very specific category of media, um, in Japan, right? But um, there's that aspect to it. But then also, like, you get into um the other character, um, and. Uh, like his his best bro, and literally his mentality is, oh no, if I if I fall if I fall in love and we get into a relationship, you know, while you're like this, what will become of our friendship if we ever get back? Right? He's just concerned <laughs> about like about ruining their friendship. Yes, right? because he's extremely homosexual. Right, and like. It's like it's like one of those things where it's like um they don't like obviously the characters don't know that yet and it, yeah. it has taken this framing to mm-hmm. realize that they have that kind of relationship and they have those kinds of feelings um right and there's also the whole question on their minds uh the conflict being that are are these feelings developing because of the setup right now where one of them mm-hmm. is a girl and one of them is a guy or are, is there something else there, right? Yeah, that would have like, existed without this. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but but to sort of give you uh, a little bit of insight into uh, the way that the show is framing these things, the opening is literally just a montage of of them like looking back at their childhood selves playing together. So like, I, come on, <laughs> like there are there are like heterosexual romance anime that play it like less overtly than that. <laughs> so um yeah i mean obviously like there is a lot of fraught territory to cross with uh with this setup but mm-hmm. it seems to be doing it decently well and i'm like really surprised about that um and uh if we get to the end of this show and they're not just like kissing i'm i'm gonna riot I uh, so I want some kind pissed. of establishment of a relationship of like I want I want their relationship to advance in some I, way. Yeah, exactly. I, I I don't need them yeah. to like be in a relationship by the end of end of the season. Yes. But I want there to be progress made in that relationship at the very least. Right. Right. Ooh. Right. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that's as much as we will talk about it right now. It is actually uh-huh. surprisingly good and funny and kind of charming in a way that I didn't think it would be. Um, yeah. And I actually, um, mm-hmm. I like the other characters, too, that, that we've met. We've met yes, um, the, yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The elf character, the extremely mm-hmm. narcissistic elf character, the, um, the goddess that isekais them is, is really funny. Um, yeah, actually, like, it is weirdly as for, a, for an isekai comedy sh- series, it's succeeding in a way that I didn't think it would. Like it's not mean spirited so... by any means. Yeah, I'm so pleasantly surprised it's not a mean show. <laughs> yeah, I this it's surprisingly good. <laughs> okay. Yep. Let's talk about uh Tribe 9, which um is uh it's basically Danganronpa the baseball anime and um <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I was like zoned out for half of this episode. I remember <laughs> that there was a guy that puts on a mech suit and fires a, like a death <laughs> ball. And then Komae yeah. and a Danganronpa baseball blasted it with his gigabat. And that's, uh-huh. that's the extent of what I remember. I'm, they win extreme baseball. Like that's the thing, right? They won an extreme baseball match. Um, it, 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 I don't know how to explain this show other than... Uh, death games with baseball i don't even know if it's an, actually a death game now that i think about it <laughs> um okay, but yeah remember, it's, um, it's... do you remember that uh the baseball episode of um of brand new animal uh-huh how like it was just kind of baseball but there were no rules uh-huh it feels like that but that's the whole show but it's also executed not as well yeah not nearly as well um and uh it <laughs> Uh, so Akira Ishida is the voice actor for the main guy. Of course. Um, and there is one character in there who kind of has like a little bit of character development in the first episode. Basically, they come around to the idea of playing extreme baseball. <laughs> and uh, and that's the whole first episode. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it's... You know, there's like a framing character, like a perspective character, but it's mostly just about Komaeda Danganronpa baseball. Yeah, um, there's a lot of supernatural abilities. Sort um, of. It's all like technology, right? It's, is, it's is, so, it, is it just so technology? Weird. I think it's just technology. <laughs> like, because the guy puts on like a mech suit that like fires a like death ray ball, and then like, and then, like the 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 special thing about Komaeda Danganronpa baseball is that he he's got like a, a an electric plasma bat. I don't know how to explain this. It legit is so bonkers. Okay, so you know how bonkers Danganronpa is. Like, it feels like that level of just like out there applied to a show about street extreme street baseball. Um, but is also just, like, not as well-developed in any of the other respects. Like, the characters feel a lot flimsier, and um, mm-hmm. the story feels, like, just kind of, like, whatever, at least in the first episode. Um, but if you want to watch, like, people play baseball question mark, right? An emphasis on the question mark. Um, I guess, I guess you could. I mean, there, the visual but style is even- extremely Danganronpa. Yeah, yeah, it's not even, like, well, what 
makes I think uh, uh, shows like Danganronpa so strong is that there's rules and the show will follow the rules and it'll only break them in very specific circumstances to like tell specific parts of the story or whatever or they'll show like how a character cheated around the rules like that kind of thing um this show so far at, at least to me it might have happened in a blur but I didn't see any very specific solid rules that I could follow the rest of the show by um, yeah. So there's nothing for you to to grab hold of and and to feel grounded by because it's just loosey goosey people playing kind of sort of baseball, and <laughs> I see that he, you noted down the fishing guy and for some reason this guy is able to apply his master fishing abilities to baseball too, and that's just the kind of like weird stuff that this show has introduced in the first episode. Amongst the whole mech stuff and explosive stuff. Um, and it's just not a very good introductory episode, in my opinion, because it doesn't walk no, you into no. what's happening. It just kind of like throws all these characters at you and throws them into a game and it expects you to be entertained by that. Yeah, like there is obviously the shock factor of the fact that they're playing extreme baseball and um, it is extreme, like very obviously. Uh, but at the same time, it, it it's weirdly not gripping in any way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's not visually interesting. Weird. Okay, this is a weird criticism to make about a show where a guy puts on a mech suit to fire a baseball cannon, but mm-hmm. it's like not interesting enough to watch. It's shockingly not interesting, despite how weird so it is. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. I I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I simply do not understand. But if that explanation, if you can call it that, intrigues you even a little bit, I would give it an episode. Maybe you'll get into it. I like I don't think it's my lack of liking sports anime that is making me not interested in this. I think this is literally just sliding off of my brain completely. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's it's just that. Yes. <laughs> Which is funny because there's like a couple of things about it that like could hook you and they just don't. I mean, even sports anime follows the rules of the sports that they're playing. But what is this? I mean, yeah, even Kuroko no Basuke follows the rules of basketball, sort of. Like they might be firing (laughs) basketball lasers with their fadeaway jumpers and all that. But like still playing basketball, sort of. They're still playing basketball. I don't know. I think it was also just like kind of a mess in terms of how it was directed. It felt really hard to follow. Oh, a huge mess. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't interesting enough. And you know what, actually? I remember exactly why I don't remember any of this episode. It's because rather than watch the anime, I was in another tab shopping for like N95s. <laughs> Legit, I was just like, this is not interesting enough. I need to do something else. My brain needs to be occupied. Uh... So, anyway. Um,. There are three things on this list that I did not watch that you did, so why don't you tell me a little bit about them? All right, well, we'll blast through at least this first one. Um, Futsal Boys, I watched it because it's a sports anime, and it's just a sports anime. It's, it's a such a nothing. Anime. It's just, I wouldn't want to say it's a nothing show, but it is completely not interesting to me because it's just that. It's just a sports anime, but with none of the, to me, like anything that would differentiate it from. The rest of the genre, anything that makes it like that tells the the type of story that it's telling in like a 
in a nuanced or interesting way. It's just this dude who wants to play futsal. And I was kind of interested because I was like, I want to learn about this sport. But none of the characters are interesting. It's just... Uh, That's so funny. Do you it's know what? so mediocre. It's painfully mediocre. <laughs> my um, One of my roommates from college was really yeah. into futsal. Right. It was like the one I, sport he played. Yeah. And so I was really... I was like, I really want to learn about it. Ugh. It's not worth watching the show to learn about it. I think I would much rather actually just watch matches versus this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but to contrast this um, is the next thing that I want to bring up, which is I think it's pronounced Remans Club in English. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they called it this because there's a much better title that I'll bring up later. But... <laughs> Uh, basically, the pitch is three words, salarymen play badminton. (laughs) Okay. I am so down for it. It's so great so far. I've only watched, um, the first episode because that's all that's been released so far. So I'm very, like, cautiously optimistic about this show, but it's... I might watch like two more episodes before I recommend it for our anime night. But so far, if it continues on the trajectory that it's on, I would highly recommend it for anime night. Mm. Um, it is uh, animated by Leiden Films, who also did the women's badminton anime um, okay. that we watched, you know, a while back. Um, but the emotional context behind this anime feels much better than that one, where that one was just like a lot of unresolved mama drama. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, this one, you can tell that there's unresolved high school drama that this guy has just carried <laughs> into his professional badminton life. Oh, I see. It's it's basically like if Kageyama went on to play, but a badminton version of Kageyama went on to play professional badminton, right? Uh but he had trauma from high school from oh potentially I get, they they kind of infer that he he caused um his doubles partner to be injured oh, um okay okay and he carries that into his professional career to where he can only play singles he won't play doubles right um it's that very typical type of setup right uh but it's encased in the fact that they're all salary men and so there's this new <laughs> team that he has to join right he gets kicked off of his professional team he has to join this other team that is not as good right but they're a lot you know friendlier they're nicer folk uh teammates or whatever um and he is (laughs) being coached (laughs) by none other than Kazuma Kiryu (laughs) Let's say voice actor Takaya Kuroda, and the guy has like a pompadour and sunglasses. (laughs) Oh my god! And so Kazuma Kiryu tells him that he's got to play doubles. He sees it with his coach eyes that this guy is meant to play doubles, right? And so Kazuma Kiryu is really out here in an actual anime doing a side quest. Um, his doubles partner is a 32-year-old salary man, and I love it. <laughs> he's so passionate about badminton, and he's so passionate about it, in fact, that uh, you find out that when 
um, the main character was young, he actually inspired the main character to play Batman, but nine of them kind of remember it. Um, and he calls themselves, because they're salarymen and they're Batman players, Badoriman. <laughs> Uh, Why that wasn't the title of the show? Okay. <laughs> Why did they call it Reman's Club instead of Batman? Oh my god. <laughs> and um, uh, Kageyama's voice actor is actually in the show, but he plays uh, a different character on the team. So, mm. mm-hmm. uh, that's. About all that I have to say about it, the animation is good so far, you know, first episode. Um, the music is actually nice. I like it a lot. And the ending is by Mafu Mafu. Um, so it's a very sweet okay. sounding right. um, ending. And uh, I'm so excited to watch more of this show. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that <laughs> so far. Do you know what? Fair enough. Um, yeah, I might watch it. Maybe. Um, yeah. You know Just remind me when we're watching anime and uh, I'll watch an episode of it. All right. <laughs> um, and finally, the last thing to uh, that I have to talk about is Psyche Reload Zero N, mm-hmm. um, also by Leiden Films. And I cannot believe in the year of our Lord 2020, we're getting more Sayuki anime. I feel like every uh, now and again, I just like see this. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is, what is going on here? And he's like, oh. <laughs> so I used to collect the Sayuki manga in high school and college. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Uh, that's the fact quite that lot, we're huh? getting it now—that's why I'm like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, it's another entry into the Sayuki anime universe, except they're covering a very specific arc from Sayuki Reload called "Even a Worm," and um, I would say that this anime—I watched four episodes so far. Um, they do a pretty good job of mimicking Kazuya Minakura's um, line art style. She has like a very unique type of like bold shonen line art style. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's so funny watching this now because back when I watched the original anime, it was back during like heavy censorship of anime. And so this show has a lot of bloodshed because there's a lot of demons being killed because it's Journey to the West, right? Right. So um, instead of all of that bloodshed, what they would show in the censored version is they would have the demons kind of artificially shatter into CG triangular pieces. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) And so now that I'm watching it uncensored... It's oh just bloodshed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I see. It's like, huh, now I understand why they censored it. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that they should have, but I do understand why. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I would uh so the the arc basically mainly focuses um on this exorcist guy who meets the uh the journey to the west crew. Um in this uh this guy is like a western priest who is able to presumably bring people back to life, but he does it via um uh taking the souls of the demons that he kills mm-hmm. and he has like a vendetta to like eradicate all demons um you it's inferred it's because like his uh master uh, his uh teacher was killed by demons and and such the problem being that three of the four members of the journey to the west crew are comprised of demons and so that obviously puts them in (laughs) conflict (laughs) so um that's that's the setup i guess for this arc and I'll, we'll see where it goes i i'm gonna watch all of it because i love sayuki <laughs> all right fair it's just a very easy like turn your brain off kind of show and just watch dudes go on a, a very very long demon killing road trip that's it that's the whole show uh-huh. <laughs> yep <laughs> all right then yeah Okay, um, I suppose that's it for the the sampler then. Wow, we got through with uh oh, <laughs> I was like, wow, we made some pretty good looks up one hour thirty minutes. Mm, okay, never mind then. I think we made decent time. <laughs> we made decent time for how much stuff we were reviewing. Although, yeah, um, admittedly, uh, looking at the list for the stuff we're actually going to continue watching, like it's actually quite quite uh condensed um luckily thankfully yeah. <laughs> thank god it feels like it feels like we've been trying to catch up to anime like seasonally for like months maybe mm-hmm. the whole the entirety of last year it feels like <laughs> but it feels like it's actually doable now anyway um so yeah uh i guess that's the end of it for us uh this week who are you? Where can we find you on the internet? I'm Swan, also known as Renu. You can find me on Instagram at swan.dron. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Tumblr, Facebook, what else? At a swan.dron. Mm-hmm. Um, I am currently um, working on artwork, and also I've started streaming the Steam port of Onimusha. Um, it's called Onimusha Warlords. I've played all of the Onimusha series. I absolutely love it. Um, and uh, somebody brought it up recently, and I was like, "Cool, I'm just gonna play that next because I <laughs> oh my God. really miss that series." Now that you brought it up, and it's a pretty nice like segue from uh, Resident Evil One remake because they have like uh, you know it's, it's Capcom, but also it's like a very similar like treatment of atmosphere, if that makes sense. Even though they're very different settings. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, if you haven't checked out the Onimusha series, I highly recommend it if you like um, samurai action type of game. It's about a samurai who is granted an ogre's gauntlet that helps him suck up demon souls. And so, Why? if you... Uh, all the enemies that you kill, you get to suck up their little demon soul orbies. And uh, it's very well-balanced mechanically. It's very fun. It's just a good time <laughs> oh my god wait hold on i think yeah. i played this game yeah <laughs> i would be surprised if you hadn't actually <laughs> wait was this okay hold on, hold on 
Was this game, um, what did this game release on? PS2. PS2? Okay, that's, mm-hmm. holy shit. Wow, this is actually nuts. Okay, so this is a very funny story that you've completely accidentally wandered <laughs> into with this. Um, Let's go. <laughs> but I, okay, I did not remember what the name of this game was, but I remember yeah. that it was um, one of the games that came with the PS2 that I inherited from my uncle when he oh. uh, gave me his PS2. Um, uh-huh. The games that I, I believe I received were... Um, now I'm realizing that it's Onimusha, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one I think was uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho fighting game. Um, oh, okay. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I remember very specifically that um, for a long time I was trying to remember what this game was called. And yeah. I couldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Because the, I believe that the control um, scheme of the uh, game was really weird. Where, oh, um, I think um, at least, at least when I played it, um, or whatever I was playing it, um, the uh, it was like instead of um, getting just to move freely, it's like left and right would move your camera left and right, and then you had to hit the other stick or something to like move forward. It was something weird like that, um, and that oh. just like stuck out very clearly to me. But the other thing I remember about that game was the little Orbeez. <laughs> so in this game, there's tank controls. Um and there's a okay, fixed yeah, camera right? movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, the there's there's lots of Orbeez. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. I've been trying to remember what this game was called forever. That's so funny. Yeah, there's there's uh four of them in the mainline series. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. They're all very fun. I highly recommend all of them. <laughs> that's that is that's incredible. Yeah, no, this this game this game fucking slaps. At least from it's really good. Yeah. So um, yeah, that sounds like fun. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. So I'm streaming that, and it's a it's a great time. If you wanna if you wanna hang out, by all means, come by on my on my Twitch channel. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice. What nice. about you? You can find me all the places at Literal Soup. Uh, I am going to be streaming, um, or maybe by the time this episode is out, I have been streaming um, Pokemon Legends of Arceus, um, mm. which uh, is going to be interesting because um, we're definitely going to talk about um, you know imperialism, colonialism, um, all that kind of stuff, uh, especially <laughs> because the um, outfits of the main characters are um inspired by uh by Ainu like cloth like clothes patterns um mm. and um there's a lot to sort of unpack there and also it's an isekai I don't know if you knew this I didn't know I don't know anything okay. about this game All other right. than open yeah. world <laughs> So so you basically get isekai with your smartphone it's literally like isekai oh. with my smartphone except you're going into the pokemon past it's so fucking wild Whoa God isekais you literally literally you get isekai by god Wow that's anyway. Um, I have some. I'm gonna have some thoughts, but uh, all right. Look forward to that. I'll I'll try to find as much time as possible because it's a new Pokemon game. I'm just gonna fucking crack into it. And it's, <laughs> they're they're considering it a mainline game, which is super exciting because it's like super different. Um, I hope. Um, I predict it's going to sell well. Um, just because the concept is uh is exciting, obviously, like an open world Pokemon game. Um, and because uh, they've gotten a lot of streamers to be the, to play it, and that obviously is going to boost your sales like a, a ton, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have 
all of the VTubers playing it right now. So all of them are playing it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would be surprised if it didn't sell well. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope it does well, right? Because I, I hope uh, if it does well, it shows a market incentive to um, make games that mm-hmm. fall more outside the mold, which is yeah, um, mm-hmm. which would be much appreciated for the Pokemon series because like. Since the sort of like Gen three GameCube era, um, there have been less and less of these like really weird spin off games, and um, mainline games have gotten much more formulaic. And it's just you know, people people are always saying, "Oh yeah, Pokemon is the same game." You know, it's like, but it's it's not really. Like uh, at least until Gen five, there was a lot of stuff happening. Even like into Gen six, like like Mega Evolution and stuff was like a really cool mechanic. It's just. Weird that they didn't stick with it and they just decided, you know what, Gen 7, we're going to put Z moves in the game. And it's like, okay. And they're right. like, all right, uh, Gen 8, we're going to put, uh, we're going to put Dynamaxing in. And it's just like, right. why? <laughs> why didn't you just, why didn't you just expand the mechanic you had that everybody liked and thought was cool? It has to be new. Yeah, Supi. it has to be a new mechanic. I don't. Yeah, anyway, um obviously it's a it's a video game series for children. Um the opinion of us <laughs> adults is somewhat secondary, but still, you know, it's like cool to see them do new things. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um so yeah, that's what I'll be up to uh other stuff, you know, I'd stream uh other stuff sometimes. Um mm. I hope to get through Yakuza 3 sometime and then Ooh. uh we're probably going to do some stuff um etc etc etc. You know what I do. All right, um, <laughs> that's it for me. Uh, and the uh, let's see, uh, our opening is by Scotch Network, and our ending is by Takamakata. And the patrons we are thanking this episode are Evan Williams, Bagpipe Mirror Test, Claire Frostfall, Sean Dow, Cherubel, Dylan Boats, and Adam Kenny. Thank you so much for the support. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That that is it for us. We will see you next time. See you next time. ね。